Hey, everybody. This is Adam, host of the podcast you're about to listen to. Just a heads up, we recorded this episode featuring guest co-host Adam Ganser way back in August of 2018. It was a subscriber-only episode, though, so it's been locked behind that sweet, sweet Patreon paywall ever since. But we're re-releasing it this week because now, almost two years later, it has become horrifyingly relevant to what's happening in the world right now. And by that, of course, I mean COVID-19. The episode is about an anti-malaria drug that, as it turns out, can cause serious and scary mental health side effects when taken improperly. So much so that it seems pretty clear that, at one point, the United States maybe used it as a means of torturing and interrogating detainees at Guantanamo Bay. The name of that drug? Mefloquine. If that sounds vaguely familiar, it's probably because Trump has been pretty aggressive in suggesting that two similar drugs, chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine, might be useful in treating the symptoms of coronavirus. And you know what? That might be true, but that absolutely does not mean you should hit your nearest online pharmacy and start pounding chloroquine pills the second you get the sniffles. Please, I implore you, if you are the type of person who takes their medical advice from the former reality television star currently occupying the White House, listen to this episode. As much as I hate your voting decisions, I still don't want you to die. I mean, you are listening to my podcast after all, so you can't be all bad. So I'm just saying, before you decide to start self-medicating, please take what you're about to hear into account first. Also, at various points throughout this episode, you'll hear this sound. Which means two things. One, the purge has started, but that was like two weeks ago. Also, it means I'm about to jump in with an update regarding what we're talking about. So... With all that said, let's get to the episode. People of Earth, your planet has to be destroyed. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Connor McSpadden. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. And I'm Adam. I'm Adam Ganser. We're two Adams. Yeah, we are. This is, is this your third episode of Conspiracy the Show? Yeah, man. But it feels like the first every time. Every time. It's yeah. always something new and fresh. It really is. Yeah, Connor McSpadden, like I said last episode, I think was abducted. I remember a black van. <laughs> I remember dudes in black suits. Connor got thrown in back. Right. I, I said no quietly from a distance because I didn't want to get too involved and get thrown in that van myself. <laughs> Strange smell of almonds and yeah. then suddenly. Yeah, it's all really weird. He's yeah. allegedly writing for Roast Battle on Comedy Central right now. At least that's what they want you to believe. Isn't that the uh, the Bruce Willis one? He, he wrote for the Bruce it's Willis like that's one. That's already done, right? But now Roast Battle is back for... Oh, a third season. I see. And dirty little secret, sometimes those comics don't write their own jokes. <laughs> Shocking none. Yeah. yeah. So Connor McSpadden is off being the Jay-Z of 
<laughs> roast battle, ghost writing people's jokes for him. Can you imagine what that writer's room's like? They just I cannot. To, they just got to put a name on a board and just like, what's the meanest thing I can think yeah. of to say? So yeah, Connor will be back at some point. He's just busy right now, y'all. Yeah. And in the meantime, boy, are we talking about some crazy shit today. This one really blew my mind. Yeah, Even I had heard. Premise. I had heard nothing about this. Yeah. And I just, I, I'm not even sure how I found it. I think I was just going through headlines looking for topic ideas, and I found something about Mephloquin. Well, I was going to say, I was impressed, A, that you found out about this. B, and your audience doesn't appreciate this as much as they should, there are literal abstracts of graduate papers as sources for this material. <laughs> I was like, my God, how fucking involved did you get in this research? I do not fuck around no, when it you comes don't. to research. It was, I read an abstract for this. <laughs> fucking wow. Yeah, the we're talking about mefloquine. Yeah, we are. Which I think that's how you pronounce it. I always heard it mefloquin, but it doesn't yeah, matter. Mefloquin sounds better to me, so I'm yeah, going to go with that. Sure. I'm just trying to overpronounce that E in case any grammar Nazis are out there. Right. You're a genuine kind of guy. Yeah, I get exactly. You. Yeah. <laughs> And mefloquin, it's just a drug used to treat malaria. Yeah. So it shouldn't be. And it's weird how this worked out. I just heard about the fact that malaria drugs can give you like weird dreams and hallucinations. Yes. A couple weeks ago when we had Greg Edwards on the main mm -hmm. Unpops podcast, and he mentioned he had to take malaria drugs because he was doing comedy somewhere overseas. And he had to take it, you know, because you take it in the buildup. Yes, you do. In case you might contact might come in contact with malaria, and you've Correct. taken it also. Right? I have. Yeah, I went to China for a month in the year two thousand. In uh, the year two thousand. Go man, on. It's been so. <laughs> that's a real <laughs> solid pull. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I had to take it for essentially three months. Um, you have to take it for a month before and then during the time you're there and then a month after and i was my understanding was that it's preventative right it's not just like treatment it's also preventative it's also not as successful as you'd think yeah that, what's malaria what's weird is there are alternatives that Correct. aren't quite as gnarly to take well they the doctor when i was asking the doctor these questions i mean you know again this is year 2000 and i have to say this whole story is just further proof to me that we can't really trust anything from the Bush era. Oh, like just nothing no. from that era is no, trustworthy no. at all. Uh, <laughs> like we're gonna find out. Literally, every fucking doctor was on some kind of power trip. Yeah. In any case, they they when I was asking the doctor the questions about this, they essentially said, "Yeah, like this is your best chance not to get malaria." <laughs> <laughs> That's how they said it to me. And I was like, "Well, how good of a chance? Pretty good. Pretty good chance. Nice." And I was like. Okay, cool. And Percentages? 30. <laughs> it was not a reassuring thing. Also, people get sick from this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they get, like, nausea and stuff. And then, of course, now we're going to talk about a thing they didn't talk to me about at all. Oof. Psychosis. Oof. Yes. People it, uh, get psychosis from this. And just a little bat. Right off the bat, you know it's suspect because, as all good drugs are, this was literally developed by the U.S. Army. <laughs> and... That's going to be their legacy. I'm not historically, taking, right? It could be. It really could. Yeah. Yeah. And it was developed in the 70s at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research, which look into Walter Reed sometime conspiracy. You're going to have to. Enthusiasts. 
There's yeah. a lot of weird shit that happens at Walter Reed. Right. This Who is, the fuck is Walter Reed? Never heard the name before, but now I'm going to look into him because this is another man who's responsible for the death of the 60s. Right yeah. here. This, dr- <laughs> this truck tells you the, the free love is over. And this was the first venture between a private company and yeah. the U.S. government. They First uh, of many. Yeah. And it came to widespread use in the 80s. The brand name is Larium. It's currently manufactured by a Swiss company called Hoffman Laroche. Sure. You like that German spin I put on a, what's supposed to be a Swedish name? I think any time... Laroche! I think any time the possibility of mental side effects to a drug comes up, it deserves a little German spin. Yeah. You, you got to put a little German got stink to. on it. Got to. And this is on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines. And... What do they mean by essential, then? I think it's... I, I actually read a description and didn't put okay. it in the notes, but I think it's the the list of medicines that any developing country should have an abundant supply of okay. to maintain their status as a developing country and not sure. fall into a nasty plague of malaria. Well, guess. malaria is fucked, by the way. Like, I, 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 yeah. my sister has had malaria. Uh, oh, really? Of, yeah. And she almost died from it. It was no joke. Yeah, it's a... It, it's, malaria is fucked. Mosquitoes kill more... Yes, people than anything on earth in terms of living <laughs> they do. like living creatures mosquitoes are the deadliest animal is that true yeah wow that's because of fact. because of malaria yeah malaria is pretty bad that's why I, I get so frustrated with the the ddt thing yeah like ddt had pretty much wiped out malaria in indonesia mm. and then we were like oh but it's killing these falcons right and it turned out the falcon thing was junk science fair enough but we still like Quit using But DDT. we love falcons so much. Yeah, we love falcons so much. Look at New York. They're littered with falcons. <laughs> they have falcons everywhere in that fucking city. Rat falcons. They, re- <laughs> <laughs> they really do. By the way, and I, I'm not, I, this is not just my sister. I had another friend who also had m- malaria. And the thing that is consistent across both accounts of malaria is it's the most embarrassing disease you can get. Oh, really? Well, it's every hole all day. Oh, really? It's real rough. Ugh. Every hole all day. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, if it kills that many people, it's got to be. It's no good. Yeah, because it's, it's an actual parasite that yes. gets in your system. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, it never leaves. So, like, you can have flare ups later in life from malaria. Ugh. Yeah. So, you know, until I read this, I thought mefloquine was a real public service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's uh, fighting malaria is obviously a good thing. But in 2013, and even this seems way late. Yeah. The FDA added a warning to the U.S. label of mefloquine regarding the potential for neuropsychiatric side effects that may persist even after discontinuing administration of the drug. And don't you want to see the Netflix documentary that resulted in that sentence? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's got to be coming. Yeah. Because we're going to get into some shit that... It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it really I, is. This does feel like it's got the potential to be that sort of like flipper babies drug that was all popular in the 60s and 70s what a great what yeah a great man you were pulling great ones today. and when i say popular i mean developed by the nazis <laughs> right, and like right. legitimately ruined lives it was all it the got rage. used a lot yeah yeah what was that thalidomide i think yeah was the flipper baby drug and some of the effects of mefloquine include nightmares visual and auditory hallucinations anxiety depression unusual behavior behavior and suicidal ideations and the recommended dose for preventive treatment is 250 milligrams every week 
that's an important number yeah. to remember. 250 a week. As we go through this. Briefly, that list of dis- of things you said, it's like there the accounts of this are all pretty graphic. Like it's not just people imagining they're committing suicide. It's like murder suicide shit. Right. It's like Chris Benoit shit. Yeah. yeah I mean it, it's 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 really gnarly. And there are uh, I'm, we're probably going to talk about it in a second here, but there are actual murder suicides right. that are maybe linked to this drug. And I think that's just important for the audience. Like, we're not talking about like, oh, the the effects of depression can yeah. be these. It's things. It's not just that you have the sads, right? No, it, yeah, this is the crazies. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is this is a, a violent drug in terms of after effects. Yeah, Chris yeah. Benoit is a good touchstone right for that i mean this drug doesn't make you put a bible by your children's head and stuff did you have you ever heard the benoit story no oh i shouldn't go into i mean i know i know what happened but like just just the details of it are like oh i should look into it yeah we did an episode of list cast once which i I need to have you on that podcast sometime it's a lot of fun yeah and it was about best wrestlers of all time and someone picked chris benoit (laughs) and this comedian that's like picking cosby yeah you can't do that Come on, you can't do it. This comedian named Andy Andy Peters, who is one of the funniest fucking sure. comics working today, uh, it was Quincy Johnson who picked Chris Benoit, <laughs> and Andy was like, he murdered his family, Quincy. Right. Most lethal finishing move in the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked. Well, especially because his finishing move was a headbutt, a flying yeah. <laughs> headbutt, and it's probably the concussion probably, stuff that yeah. made him crazy. Yeah. You know? But Mefloquin and CTE share in common that they both cause you to go crazy and murder people, yes. apparently. And Mefloquin, it's been implicated in a bunch of incidents going as far back as fucking 1992. So we've known it has the potential to do bad things for a long time. What happened in 92, and how magical is it that this was Canada? Because we always really picture the Canadians as being the really friendly, uh, pleasant, pleasant bunch that they are. Right. I imagine their military trotting a lot. Yeah. You know, lots of jaunts. Trotting, yeah. fucking handing out candy to the locals. Right. Informational pamphlets that have right. good, sensible yeah. information in them. Invitations yeah. to Canada. <laughs> All that shit. But in 1992, something called the Somalia Affair happened. And I I didn't put all the details in here, but basically, Canada sent a group of soldiers to do basically humanitarian stuff in Somalia when this war in Somalia was happening. And four of them just fucking started murdering people. That's like shooting people in the back, just like blatant murders. (laughs) Well, your details here say. It's because they were given an experimental injection of mefloquine. Yes. So the, the, the drug existed for 22 years before that, right? Right. So what does that mean? I don't experimental. know. Okay. That's all the details. we. Ha- this is That's actually weird. a bigger deal in Canada than it is here. Well, surpri- who, who does that surprise? Yeah. This is probably the last time they murdered in the army. <laughs> you know what I mean? Also, I love that they call their thing the Somalia Affair, and we call ours Black Hawk Down. Yeah. We had exactly the same story. <laughs> <laughs> but there sounds like a weekend in the Hamptons, and ours is like we're gonna fucking murder everyone. Smolio thing, exactly. Mm. But like, even just mefloquine itself is a big news story in yeah. Canada. Yeah, and you just don't hear about it as much here. So yeah, the, the mefloquine was at least tied to what happened in 1992 in Canada, and then ten years later in 2002, there was this outbreak of murder suicides at Fort Bragg. 
in the United States. Four military wives were killed, and two of the partners that killed them also committed suicide. And Mefloquin was suspected as being a catalyst in those attacks also. Forgive me, where is Fort Bragg? Is that, I believe it's in Texas. Either that or I just made a bunch of military people really upset. California! Told you it was in the Texas of the West Coast. (laughs) California. It truly is. We truly are the Lone Star (laughs) Republic of California. Yeah, I I ask that because I think it does matter where these people are stationed and how you interpret this story. Right, because what happens is a lot of these soldiers, they'll go to places where malaria is, like you might just get stationed where malaria is a thing. Right. So when that happens, you're not taking it for a few weeks because you know you're going to briefly come in contact with malaria. You're just taking it every week. Right. This is just part of vitamins for you. Right. Yeah. And it seems like we made that a policy without really looking into the long-term effects. But how could they not have known the effects if the drug existed for 22 years? I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, which I always do on this podcast, but like... Well, also jumping ahead, it's not just that the drug existed for 22 years. In the 50s, the class of drugs that this drug belongs to was tested as like a chemical war agent. Like a psychotropic, right? Right, right. So they had to have had some ideas. And I wonder if they were like, but what if all that's good? Like, what if all the extra rage and things just make super soldiers? Right, right. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe it does, but it seems like it also makes super sad soldiers afterwards. Well, a murder suicide again. I, you know, you can't speak for everybody, but soldiers. When soldiers do a murder su- suicide, to me, I'm like, I'm instantly like, okay, so something happened. Yeah, you know I mean, like that's not just a oh, we got a bad egg situation. Yeah. I immediately go to PTSD yes. or unpaid payday loans. <laughs> Payday loans. <laughs> Payday loans are a huge problem on military bases. I'm sure, but <laughs> that was a good joke. I liked it, everybody. Uh, I liked it. Before you go further, do we know how much? Do we know how quickly mefloquine induces these uh, kinds of reactions in regular dosages? I think it's even then. It's pretty quick. So, um, like, but it's. I mean, obviously, it's not happening to everyone. Right. It takes mefloquine. Right. It's like and, a, an obscure side effect at regular dosage, I assume. Right. right. And even then, I think if you take it for just an ex- like a brief period of time, I don't yeah. think it has the same – it seems like it doesn't have the same long-term effects. Otherwise, everybody right. who's ever gone to a country with malaria would have symptoms of PTSD now. Right. Otherwise, from, this is when I'd be murder-suiciding you. Yeah. 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 It would happen And now. what a great way for this podcast. Just fucking it really hit would. stop, save it, right. so someone can find it later and upload it. Right. Uh, be like, But yeah. just please do it. Come on, man. <laughs> do it. I want you to do it. Fucking I want you to do it. tired of this. <laughs> God. This is his Joker moment. I want you to do it. I want you to get me. I want you to get me. So I'm going to read everyone a really long quote. From a guy named Dr. Remington Nevin. Excellent name. Yeah, if that's even your real name, sir. Seriously. This is a quote. Mefloquine and many related quinoline anti-malarial drugs induce an idiosyncratic intoxication reaction that is often preceded by subtle podromal symptoms that may be difficult for an individual soldier to identify, particularly in combat settings. 
The syndrome can begin with subtle mood or personality change, a sense of unease or foreboding, and vivid dreams. With time, and particularly with continued dosing, this can progress to frank anxiety, confusion, restlessness, or depression. In certain susceptible individuals with time or continued dosing, the syndrome can then progress further to frank psychosis with paranoia, delusions, hallucinations, and depersonalization. Which hallucinations. Hallucinate and depersonalization. Have you ever had that happen to you? No. I used to get consistently high on cough medicine. Okay. And depersonalization is a side effect of that. Ooh. And it's a weird feeling. What's like, that mean? Like you don't see yourself as a person? Yeah, like you kind of lose sense of you're almost like living outside your body. Mm. And it's like things are happening, but you don't have a sense of that actually being you wow. that the things are happening to. Weird. And it can get fucking grim. I bet. And here's the rest of the quote. The psychosis is particularly frightening and is associated with a risk of particularly grisly, misspelled, violence and suicide because he spelled it like grizzly bear. Didn't he? Maybe it's, that's what he meant. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> lots of lots of throat tearing and yeah. like, pawing at people. Yeah. Ba- yeah. Literal bears show up. <laughs> <laughs> Summons them. <laughs> I often compare this toxic reaction to that illustrated in M. Night Shyamalan's film The Happening. Which, cool reference. <laughs> yeah, that's a very bad reference. Like yeah. what, plants start killing you? Spoiler alert, everybody. Right, you get the bad actors yeah. from like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> At its worst, Mephloquin is a horror film in a pill. And this Remington Nevin guy, he was previously trained by the military as a preventive medicine physician. And he was alerted to the military's carelessness prescribing Mephloquin when in 2007 he was deployed with the elite 82nd Airborne Division as the senior public health physician for U.S. forces in Afghanistan. <sighs> yeah, I mean, so it's he's a mouthful. Got a, that's a pretty credible person to be saying this. Yeah, if anyone's going to say it, it's going to be the doctor who was embedded with troops in Afghanistan. But, I mean, we're, is he the only person? That we have that is, is giving this... Uh... No, no. There's a whole group of veterans in Canada who... And I think we'll get to their story, but basically they're, they've been protesting against the Canadian government. Yeah. Because the Canadian government was like, oh, right. Uh, we looked into it and didn't find any long-term effects. So all your health claims, fuck them. Like, those are related to something else, dude. So, yeah, because I just don't, don't want to follow... My like with the Alan Dershowitz situation, you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, this is like the one credible mind. Oh yeah, that's on the wrong side of an issue. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, yeah. Or Jenny McCarthy, very credible, <laughs> but so wrong on the anti-vaxxer thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jenny. So he described at one point being handed a garbage bag full of drugs and being told to reach in, grab some, and start taking it. No instructions. No that's supervision. Insane know anything and this is the doctor when when was this that he was doing this? uh this was i believe 2000 oh 2007 he oh was deployed God. with uh deployed in afghanistan still the bush era yep just pointing that out so dr nevin he noted several incidents of soldiers with mental health conditions still yeah. being given mefloquine which that's a thing about mefloquine if you already it's kind of the case with any drug. If you already have mental health conditions, don't take a drug that is known to give you mental health conditions. Well, obviously. Like, yeah. whenever you see a story, 
and I'm just telling you this so you're less afraid of drugs, listeners, but whenever you see one of those, a guy got high and ate his roommate's lung, that guy was maybe going to eat a lung at some point without drugs also. (laughs) But Does that include the bath salts guy? I think so. Like, without bath salts, maybe he would have zombied out anyway? Think of how many bath salts are sold in this country and how many stories of face-eating zombies you've heard. Not that many. I mean, I wish I'd heard more of the second. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the first two. I wish yeah. both on both I wish ends. we had some bath salts right now. <laughs> be fucking amazing. Me too. Me that too. would be that would have been the ideal conditions to do this right. podcast. Just, just pop in some bath salts, maybe do a bath. Just, like, just do this in a bath. Like, that, we have <laughs> yeah. the hot tub out there. Yeah. Now we're on to something here. Hot I, tub. I just wanted to point out, so like we kind of glossed over this garbage bag full of drugs <laughs> metaphor. So like <laughs> To me, the the idea of this drug being passed out as though it's condoms at a frat party yeah, is like, well, so it says one of two things to me. Either they are so grossly negligent that it's disturbing, right? or that they just sort of assume a level of human care, like individual responsibility that really is also disturbing. Right. Because it's like, even if this drug was like fucking like a vitamin like just a vitamin b and they're handing it out in these in this much yeah that's a problem you gotta watch them it's a huge fucking People problem don't take drugs they yeah. don't take them right that's exactly how this works anyway okay this seems like a good time to jump in So we just talked a whole bunch about an actual doctor sounding the alarm decades ago about how dangerous mefloquine can be when taken in the wrong way. Now, you might be thinking, sure, but at the beginning of this episode, you brought up chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine. No one is saying people should take mefloquine to treat coronavirus. And hey, right you are. But also, those three drugs all end with the same suffix for a reason. And it's because they're very similar drugs. That's how medical terminology works. No matter what other letters are present, if you see itis, you know you're talking about inflammation of some sort. Same deal here. Mefloquine, chloroquine, and hydroxychloroquine are all the same class of drugs. And they've all been shown to have some pretty treacherous effects on mental health under the right circumstances. Here are two examples Not from conspiracy websites or some whistleblower's blog. They both come from ncbi.nlm.nih.gov. That is the shared website of the National Center for Biotechnology Information, the National Library of Medicine, and the National Institutes of Health. I'll link to all of this on the unpops.com site. Go read it for yourself if you want, you fucking bookworm. The first example is from 1999, and here's the summary verbatim from the website. A 23-year-old man with no history of neurological or psychiatric illness ingested three weekly 228-milligram doses of mefloquine base as malaria prophylaxis while in India. He experienced an increasingly severe adverse reaction after each dose, including symptoms of paranoia, hallucinations, and suicidal ideation. The man discontinued mefloquine and continued malaria prophylaxis with chloroquine. Shortly after the first 300 milligram dose of chloroquine base, symptoms acutely intensified and became debilitating. 
Severe symptoms persisted for 12 months following the discontinuation of both anti-malarial drugs. The next example is from 2017, and it involves a grandma. Again, here it is verbatim from the website. We described the case of an elderly woman with elderly onset rheumatoid arthritis, where the use of four milligrams of hydroxychloroquine was followed by the onset of psychomotor agitation with marked physical and verbal violence toward her partner, including throwing objects at her partner. No disturbance in sleep and no anxiety, nervousness, or irritability had emerged before the onset of her psychomotor agitation. The disappearance of agitation following targeted pharmacologic intervention and hydroxychloroquine interruption, its re-onset after reintroduction of the drug, and the high score of Naranjo's algorithm are surely linked to the existence of a causal relationship between hydroxychloroquine and psychomotor agitation. Hydroxychloroquine may produce undesirable effects on the central nervous system, mainly irritability, nervousness, emotional changes, and nightmares. To the best of our knowledge, there are only a few case reports of psychosis due to hydroxychloroquine, no favoring conditions such as pharmacokinetic interactions or a personal and family psychiatric history was present in our patient. The neuropsychiatric manifestations we observed could be considered a bizarre type adverse drug reaction linked to an individual's hypersensitivity. End quote. So that is actual medical professionals strongly suggesting that there might be a link between these drugs, even at the recommended dosage, and serious mental health issues. And the kind of mental health issues that come on suddenly, no less. In other words, this is no time to start self-experimenting with quinolines, which is what these drugs are called. Whether you're locked down alone or with someone you love, either way, someone's probably going to get hurt. And the risks aren't just psychological. You also just might die. That's what's so super duper dangerous about Trump tweeting about this stuff like it's some kind of secret cure. People might have already died as a result of those tweets. Case in point, on March 21st, Trump tweeted this, hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin taken together have a real chance to be one of the biggest game changers in the history of medicine. The FDA has moved mountains. Thank you. Two days later, on March 23rd, a man in Arizona died after self-treating his coronavirus symptoms with chloroquine and azithromycin. His wife took it too. She is in critical condition. According to Banner Hospital, this is a quote, within 30 minutes of ingestion, the couple experienced immediate effects requiring admittance to a nearby Banner Health Hospital. A day after that, three people in Nigeria died the exact same way. Fun fact, Trump is massively popular in Nigeria. Yes, even after the travel ban. He is still hugely popular in Nigeria. Google it if you don't believe me. What's especially scary about Trump's tweet is that while he's telling his constituents that chloroquine and azithromycin might help with coronavirus symptoms, China, a country that also knows a thing or two about dealing with coronavirus patients, 
has not only pulled back from using chloroquine to treat patients, they also issued a warning about how people taking azithromycin should not take chloroquine. That came after a study found that taking even just twice the recommended dose could be enough to kill an adult. The warning wasn't limited to combining it with azithromycin, though. They also said it shouldn't be taken by pregnant women, those with heart disease, terminal liver and renal disease, retina and hearing loss, and patients on antibiotics such as azithromycin and steroid. So believe who you want, I guess. But personally, fucking around with quinolines without the guidance of a medical professional seems like it might be even more deadly than coronavirus. Probably not worth the risk. Also, people with rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and all sorts of medical conditions actually need those drugs to live. So you hoarding them all up because the president said it might help is just bad person shit. You are legitimately hurting people if you do that. And you are doing it. There are already articles about how these patients can't find the drugs they need because of this fucking tweet that sent people running to pharmacies to buy chloroquine. So fucking stop, please. All right, back to the show. I'll be back with another update later. So they started scaling back the use for this in 2003 but yeah. clearly according to the story by 2007 they were still using it yep and at first they claimed it was because a drug resistant strain of malaria had developed in iraq and we learned a few weeks later iraq completely free of malaria Inclu- so no wmds no malaria either <laughs> nope did, did they fucking know anything about this country before they went there i think we were just like where can we go practice some shit Right. Without these fucking nosy Americans watching. I'm starting to think they might not have even known which country Iraq was. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, fucking those days, man, the early Bush days when we were in Iraq and in Afghanistan. Right. And all the 9-11 hijackers were from Saudi Arabia. And it's like, yep. what are we doing right now? It didn't. It was like a whole new globe. It was yeah. Like a, it was like a board game of risk just started. Yeah. You know? Because the 90s were so chill. They were pretty chill. Like we had the what that one World Trade Center bombing, like fucking. <laughs> You're about to diminish. What? <laughs> uh, that didn't work. So yeah, we we found out there was no malaria in Iraq, and there's another long quote from Doctor Nevin, which is kind of the same thing, where he's just like, "Hey." This, this causes some goddamn problems. Well, I think the only thing that's really important about it is that if you're in the military and you're taking mefloquine, because being in the military is so traumatic and induces mental illness, you can't tell that the drug is having negative effects on you. Right. And that will come into play later on in this podcast, I think. Yeah. You know, is that if you're in the military, you don't know that this is happening to you. Yeah, you just kind of think the surroundings right. you're in are causing Correct. you to have mental issues, which they could is be. a logical right. way to think. So there's this Dr. Nevin guy who is way against this. And as I mentioned earlier, there's a group of veterans in Canada. In 2017, they protested in front of the Canadian Forces Recruiting Office in downtown Calgary to demand the Canadian military stop using mefloquine. The country's Surgeon General had just recently come out and said there was no evidence that mefloquine causes long-term problems. And that means any soldier who was given mefloquine and suspects their long-term health problems are associated with it, are 
unable to receive treatment from the government. That's probably the darkest thing I ever heard the Canadian government do. Yeah. Except for, I know they have some problems with the with uh, the First Nation people in their country. Yeah, I, I wrote an article about this for Cracked. Canada's police are as crazy as ours. Oh. Like, Canada's police, you don't hear the stories because it's right. not, like, like you you mentioned, it's mostly First Nation people, and even in this country, I feel like crimes and things that happen to you know First Nation people, Indigenous people, Natives, we don't hear. We just about don't that. fucking care. We don't hear. Like about we that. don't talk about it. We don't. It's like add it to the pile. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I just think that's how we th- treat it psychologically. The craziest example of that is in Saskatoon. There was this case called the Saskatoon Freezing Deaths. Yes. And what the police in Saskatoon and all over Canada, presumably, would do if they arrested a native person for being drunk in public, instead of taking them to jail and letting them you know, sober up and then releasing them, yeah. they would just drive them out of town and make them walk back. And they would do this in the dead of winter. They would do it at any time. That's fucked. And it was a policy for like 30 years. So for this long span of time in Saskatoon, Native people were being found dead at the side of the road, having frozen to death. And people were like, what the fuck is this? Like, why is this happening? And eventually, one dude survived. They drove him out, dropped him off. He had no fucking coat, middle of the winter. And he managed to make his way to a power plant. And the people at the power plant let him in. And he fucking told his story about what happened. And the thing is, the two cops who did it were convicted on September 10th, 2001. Oh, so got buried. Any fucking news of it, just mm. no one ever heard about it. But it was like a thing they did forever. Yeah, Canada's fucking nuts. That's fucking crazy. Can- I mean, it, Canada's I sh- like sociopathic about it, where they're like, hey, I'm the fucking nice guy, don't you? And right. then you start looking at it, and you're like, you're bad, too. You're really bad. Well, it's still made of human beings, right? Yeah, so it, exactly. there's going to be some problems over there. Yeah, you know for sure. That's... And they're always trying to keep up with us, which right. I keep promising our Canadian listeners this, <laughs> and I fucking stand by it. it Your Trump is coming eight years after ours. So, two, so 2024, Canada's Trump will arrive. And we'll all have a good laugh. We'll take you out for a beer, Canada. Yeah, we'll have a laugh until Maybe we won't, like, yeah. tons of Americans have been fleeing to Canada to get rid of Trump. And then Canada's Trump shows up and goes, fuck Americans! Get them out of here! And that, then America that wouldn't even won't, sound that crazy, would and it? And then America won't take us back, and we're all living in Greenland or something. Oh, let's talk about that, eh? I was actually going to cut this part of the podcast because, in retrospect... It felt like an unnecessary tangent, but then we got to that part about Canada turning anti-immigrant toward the United States, and completely unsurprisingly, that's already sort of happening there thanks to coronavirus. Over about a 10-day period, presumably the period where it became really obvious that the U.S. wasn't handling this well, Canada went from arguing against closing the border to closing the border to most non-Canadians and then closing it to U.S. travelers not crossing for work. So no more running across the border to get cheap beer and cigarettes if you live in North Dakota, which is literally the only selling point of living in North Dakota. I've been there. Anyway, as you'd expect... 
from those notoriously polite Canucks. Some questioned if this border shutdown was contrary to Canada's values, to which Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland replied, we will always put the health and safety of Canadians first. And I think all of us feel very clear and very confident that this is the right direction. We talked about this on this week's episode of Unpopular Opinion, about how sometimes authoritarian leaders and laws start as a response to a crisis. Once something like mass surveillance of the population is put in place, even if it's under the guise of tracking the spread of a disease, the people in charge of shutting that stuff down are usually really slow to do it. Like how we're all still waiting for Obama to shut down Guantanamo, for example. And now I'm not saying Canada is going to come out of this with a lifetime dictator like Hungary very much is, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if Canada gets really comfortable with fewer Americans crossing their borders over the next few weeks or months. Good luck loosening those restrictions once that happens. Again, none of this is speculation. Canada has mostly shut down their borders to Americans. I'll link to a couple of articles on Unpops about it. Here's the headline of one of them from Reuters. Canada border towns petrified by prospect of looser U.S. coronavirus measures. Keep in mind, Trump has been talking about opening things back up by Easter. As I record this, there are still eight states that haven't put any stay-at-home measures in place. So those borders aren't reopening anytime soon. If it comes to pass that way more people die here compared to Canada and coronavirus becomes a seasonal thing, as it's been suggested that it might, Canada could just keep those borders on the same lockdown they're on now indefinitely or at least until we fix our broken government and our second world healthcare system. Not to be all alarmist about things, but that anti-American sentiment in Canada is already very real, and I assume it has been for a while. This pandemic is exactly the kind of thing that can push a situation like that way over the edge. So cool, let's get back to the show. What was your plan? Your plan was to go to Canada before you imagined the Canadian Trump? No, I don't think I would go to... Honestly, I don't know where the fuck I would go. Like, yeah, that's the trick. New the Zealand part. or some shit? I mean, you gotta get there early. Australia, But Australia's terrible to immigrants, too, but... Hmm. Yeah, but but probably not American immigrants, right? Yeah, I figure. I'd I mean, I don't fine. mean to... Yeah, that's the but, dream. If you can seek asylum by plane, you're golden. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty hard. Those are the those are the asylum seekers no one minds. If you arrive yeah. on a Delta flight, you will be granted asylum. You come here on a rickety ass boat, we might just murder you at the border. That's definitely possible. Who knows? Yeah. Uh so back to these Canadian soldiers. There's one soldier in particular, his name's Dave Bona. <laughs> well done. Dave Bona. This is this is so rich with names, this story. It really is. Yeah. He was court-martialed in 2000 for behavioral problems that he blames on mefloquine, which he took weekly for at least a year starting in the 1990s. This is a quote from him. The longer I stayed on the drug, the worse the symptoms became. I almost shot my section commander. That seems serious. Yeah. And he also said this is the next Agent Orange, which that's an interesting comparison. Okay. Because are you you know what Agent Orange is? I do was. not. They used it to deforest Vietnam. 
they would drop it on really heavily forested areas of Vietnam to clear the trees away. It's like napalm, right? Right, yeah. right. Uh, well, napalm was basically a bomb. Right. But Agent Orange, I believe that's... Let me look it up just to make We're sure they're not... We're learning things. We learn with you guys, you know? Making that part up. Because I can't imagine... They definitely weren't dropping napalm on people. I thought that's what they were doing. Yeah. Oh, it's an herbicide and herbicide. defoliant chemical. Yeah. Okay. So it, it basically clears away brush and things so soldiers yeah. can see the people hiding in the trees trying to kill them. Got it. And they would just... They assumed it was safe, so they would just dump it. Even if you were in that in those woods at the time, a plane might come dump Agent Orange, and you get covered with his orange shit. But the military was like, it's fine. You're not a fucking tree, are you? You fucking tree, kid? No? Then you're fine. It's so weird, the the own goals that the military you know, gets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, one person had to think for one second, what if this is dangerous? Right. How hard is that? It seems easy to me. I feel like sometimes they think that and go, who cares? That's the scary thing to me. Yeah. That, that's what's frightening. And it turned out Agent Orange gave a bunch of people cancer. Like well, it was, duh. Yeah, it was a very dangerous right. thing. Like, of course it did. Everything from the fucking Bush era and everything from the 60s has just, like, murdered everyone, man. Yeah. That's just what happened. And this is – Dave Bona is the one who – brought this up and there's not I, I wish we could have based the episode on this because it's an, a really interesting idea but he suggests that a lot of the soldiers we've heard about who have PTSD actually are suffering long term effects from taking mefloquine for too long this is the soldier who believes this happened to him yes who said that the, which is I mean somebody needs to make the theory and he right. is the right candidate for that right and imagine what a fucking scandal that would be if oh it's it's unbelievable if we found out that all these cases of PTSD because PTSD we didn't really start hearing about it until after the war in Iraq like yeah we we it well was, we had we knew other it terms for it we had other terms for yeah. it right shell shock and before that yeah you know war tremors or whatever the fuck they called it in the right. civil war so his suggestion is no it's not a lot of it's not PTSD it's just reactions to this drug which that would be a huge fucking scandal. Can you imagine the kind of liability that would open up? Yeah. Like, you know what it is? It's like the kind of devastating mistake a government can't fix. Yeah, that's the it's, kind of lawsuit you get murdered for filing. Yeah. It's like, it would be like slavery or like the uh, yeah. genocide or it'd be like that level of scandal. Oh, yeah, for where sure. it's like, we can't even do the law stuff that would make this better. Right. The, we like can't the, afford that. Just... Uh, the class action lawsuit would right. be staggering. Well, they wouldn't it, win we, it. They couldn't. They there because you can't. There's no amount of money that fixes right millions of people's yeah. ruined mental lives. That's you're fucked. That's it. You know. But at least those people are back here and not getting the treatment they need, <laughs> right? Because it's not a technical <laughs> problem. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about the the craziest part of this, and this is, I guess, where the the conspiracy comes in. Mefloquine was given to every incoming detainee at Guantanamo Bay, but they weren't given 250 milligrams every week. They were given 1,250 milligrams within 12 hours of arriving. And we're talking... Right away. Right away. Immediately. Right. They do... They did... The doctor, when I took this drug, did say that sometimes they, quote unquote, jumpstart you on mefloquine. Wow. If it's too close to the day. Yeah. So that's what this sounds like to me. It, but it's like, what, six doses? 
That's yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah, this is the dose that they were given is the dose you're given if you have malaria. Right. And you're trying to eradicate yes. it from your body. That's that's what I heard. And so one army public health physician called this pharmacologic waterboarding. Because the like if you're taking that much in that short amount of time, those mental effects it causes are just gonna be that much worse. Right. There's some real like Stephen King level like quotations in this fucking story. Oh yeah. Like what the other guy said, this is the horror this is like the horror movie of pills. Yeah, the horror movie in a pill. Another guy what did he just say it was? It was pharmacological waterboarding. Waterboarding. Man, there's some some real poetry here in yeah. these people's minds. And like I said, that dose is for if you have malaria. None of these people were even tested for malaria. Just as sure. soon as you hit the door, they right. toss you a couple meths right. and tell you to take them 12 hours apart or right. some shit. Toss the lime on you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just give me that shower or whatever. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, the this is the Department of Justice definition of torture. Or this is included in the Department of Justice definition of torture. And this is a quote. Drugs and actions that penetrate to the core of an individual's ability to perceive the world around him, substantially interfering with cognitive abilities or fundamentally alter his personality. So giving someone drugs that fuck with their head is among the definitions of torture, according to the United States. As it should be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, nobody's like, that's a dumb definition. Right. Everyone agrees with this definition. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. So. And so the effects of mefloquin fit in the definition of torture. And this is where the story gets insane. So just really quick, none of the facts so far are disputed, really. No. Like, so, so up to the, this point in the podcast, everyone agrees that all these things have happened. We're not, I don't think we're going to cover anything that's at all in dispute here. There's, I mean, there's. Except for, the, except for why is it happening? Yeah, why that's is it happening? That disputable. And that is, it's an obvious lie. What they said is they did this to, you know, keep malaria under control in Cuba. And we bought that excuse at first, and then someone was like, hey, there's no malaria in Cuba. And they were like, yeah, 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 but we're just trying to keep it from coming here. But it doesn't get here if we mefloquine right. the shit out of this country. And that sounds like a good excuse. Which it isn't. Until right. someone pointed out, well, what about all the workers who built Guantanamo Bay that came here from, like, India and all these places with right. China uh, that like actually that. have malaria? Did we give them 1,250 milligrams of mefloquine? No. We absolutely did not. So there was no concern for people actually coming from malaria areas into Cuba to build this. But for some reason, when we were bringing detainees, it was like, yeah, we got to keep malaria at bay. So they were lying. You'd think. Well, not just that, but they... Is there any reasonable explanation for it that you can imagine? No, there's not. I'm having a hard time also, other than like like sort of Catch-22-ish... Like shitty procedures that somebody somewhere generated. Yeah, there were. Didn't see the inconsistency and like workers aren't required to be subjected to this because they're not in our custody. Whereas these people are in our custody. So we have to treat them for malaria because that's one of the checklist things. Yeah, I don't. Like, it sounds the, dumb to me. Too. There were only three people among all the detainees who showed any signs of malaria. Oh, I, nobody's disputing that they didn't have malaria. Yeah. Like, I, we all agree on that. I'm just wondering, is there any way this is some bullshit catch-22 It seems like if it was, thing. It, if it was, they would have said that. Or stopped yeah. doing it. 
So, yeah, only three of the detainees showed any signs. And this is the point in the notes where I mention that the class of drugs that mefloquin belongs to, which are called quinolines, they were part of a 1956 human experiment study to investigate, quote, toxic cerebral states. So that was its primary purpose? Yes. That's and then what- fixing malaria is a... A great secondary effect. Right. Like how Viagra is for high blood pressure. So good. Yeah. I love this so much. And so that was part of MKUltra, which if you've been listening to this podcast, you're very familiar with MKUltra. Right. As Connor calls it, the name brand mind control program. Because <laughs> it's the one we fucking know about. Yeah. And just a reminder, MKUltra is a real thing that lasted decades it lasted at least from the 50s into the 70s so just the fact that this class of drugs was tested in that way and now we're getting a bunch of people into our our favorite torture and detention center right and now we're giving them that class of drugs in an unspeakably high dose that no one can explain you just do the math Right. Like we're torturing people with this drug. Right. We're trying to figure out if it will help us interrogate people. Because they also, when detainees were brought in, they were given a scopamine patch, which has for decades been referred to as the truth drug. Yeah. So we were trying to fuck these people up and get them to admit to some terror shit. Just going back. So I would, you would think if you're in the military that just having the brand association of a drug with MK Ultra means don't do it. That's yeah. like that's like a cereal advertising. This is the number one best ser- like cereal from the concentration camps in in, <laughs> in Germany. Yeah. They loved them there. You know, it's like no, you don't that's not going to work. I uh, sometimes wonder if that's what happened with Coke Zero. Because <laughs> Coke Zero Remember not too long ago they changed it to Coke Zero Sugar. I know. I, yeah. I, see, I've been tracking with Coke Zero. And the sweetener that they used in the original Coke Zero, when you yeah. would drink it, you'd get a little burn in your oh, throat, yeah. like a really pleasant burn. Yeah, a little fizz. And the drug that they, or the, the sweetener that they used in Coke Zero was on a list of potential Nazi chemical war agents at one point. <laughs> <Good> God. <laughs> and during the Obama administration, we were like, eh, that's weird. But I feel like when Trump came into office, people were going to be like, get that Nazi shit out of my right, Coke. Right, exactly. And then they changed it to Coke Zero Sugar and just put aspartame back in it. And now they're going to kill us all that way. You think if Trump doesn't, if something terrible doesn't happen to Trump, which is pretty big if jail or whatever, and he just goes out of office one day, that he'll ever look back and be like, man, if I wasn't such an asshole, I could have gotten away with so much more stuff. Oh, yeah, probably. Like you might regret his assholeness, not because it was wrong, but because of what it prevented him from getting away with. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a, that's a real dark, I guess, li- like silver lining. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a dark time in this country. It really, <laughs> really is. So back to Guantanamo. Former Sorry. chief surgeon. No, 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 no. Former chief surgeon for Guantanamo. I, I literally had anyway back to Guantanamo written in the notes. You sure did. <laughs> Look at it right there. <laughs> Uh, Former chief surgeon for Guantanamo's Task Force 160, Captain Albert Shimkus, first claimed that the decision to use mefloquine on incoming Gitmo detainees was done at the behest of the local Cuban population. So the the lies begin. Right. The Cubans wanted us to do this. Yeah. Okay. And it gets worse. When he was pushed on the issue, including questions about and mentions of the fact that Cuba doesn't have malaria... He admitted that he and others had been told there were, quote, 
certain issues we were advised not to talk about. I am Shimkus, and he threw a, he threw a smoke bomb and disappeared. <laughs> like, that's the last thing you want to hear the government tell you right. when it comes to a drug they've been giving every fucking soldier for years. Yeah. Yeah, we can't tell you. There are certain redacted that we redacted, redacted. Like, right. Mm, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like any of that. And as we mentioned earlier, none of the foreign workers who were brought in to build Camp Delta, which is one of the camps at Guantanamo Bay, yeah. none of them were given these doses of malaria, even though they were coming from countries that had rife with malaria. I'm, I, I'm still going to interject with that one point, even though I think it's valid, if they were really concerned about malaria, which they're not. Right. I still think that there is some, like, the, the U.S. does have a different obligation to people in their custody than they do to people who are employed by them. Yeah. That's my only counterpoint to it. But even then, this is a drug that's only supposed to be given if you might come in contact with malaria, which you're not going to going to Cuba. And you're supposed to test people for it first if you think they have some sort of symptoms. Well, in my And even then, the dose they gave them is so outside the normal dosage for this drug when you're using it to prevent yeah. malaria or treat malaria. My friend who, my friend Tim who got malaria doesn't still take mefloquin to keep people from getting it from him and didn't after he came home and got better. Right. So you don't need to take mefloquin to prevent the transmission of malaria from you to another person. Oh, interesting. I don't think. Yeah, probably. I mean, unless you're fucking biting people. Or sticking your blood in their blood, if that's how you're your doing life. your friend biting people? Not to my knowledge. I hope he's sticking his blood in their blood. I, <laughs> I do, Just too. Just walking around fucking injecting people with vials, <laughs> like of, vials his of his blood. blood. Yeah. That'd be Intense. cool. Hence. What a cool friend he'd be. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get him on this podcast? I wish. So let's talk about the effects of a 1,250 milligram dose Ooh. of mefloquine. Ooh. There is actually a case study on this. A man who was given that dose... Almost immediately driven to psychosis. That's insane. And the psychosis, psychosis is insane. Yes. (laughs) Get it? Little wordplay there? Put that on a t-shirt. You can't see this, but he's just whirling revolvers in his hands right now, (laughs) spinning them. (laughs) Yep. And the psychosis lasted for weeks. Within a day of taking the medication, he experienced vertigo and insomnia. Days later, he was experiencing anxiety and nervousness and began to have unusual conversations about spirituality and religion with his wife. Really need to know what those were. I I need to know, but also I can't think of anything more terrifying than when a person who never talks about God just turns to you and starts talking about God. I agree. It's like, that's scary. Why? Yeah. There's no context. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. And but it's unusual conversations. I don't think it's unusual because they're conversations about spirituality and religion. I think it's like his doors to perception were opened, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's that kind of thing. But we also don't know who's writing this. He might have been like, what if Jesus was black? And they're like, oh, that's weird. (laughs) That's strange. Write that down. Redact that, man. (laughs) And he began to have difficulty following conversations and became suspicious of his wife's fidelity without reason. Mm. That's a bad sign. Yep. After two weeks, the patient still displayed signs of anxiousness, agitation, and delusions. At that point, he was admitted to it. Just at that point, he was admitted to a hospital. Well, so I assume that means two weeks after they stopped giving it to him, right? Oh, yeah. Well, because he just took the one dose. That's it? He just took this once he and took this the, happened? He took the 1,250 milligram dose. And that's dose. it. 
Oh, that's yeah. fucked. I don't know why it didn't occur to me till now, but once. Yeah. This is Holy someone shit. who took, and this is what every detainee was given, was the dose that this guy was given. And at that point, he's admitted to a hospital where records show he exhibited paranoia and agitation. He almost immediately reported suicidal ideation and attempted to escape from the hospital. Staff had to place him in restraints due to, quote, profound psychomotor agitation. And psychomotor, excellent band name, by the way. Yeah, yeah. My favorite Motorhead album, mm. Psycho Motor. That's a good one. <laughs> he was medicated for acute psychotic agitation. So that's all the information we have on this man. And like, what I want to know is, did he ever fucking get better? Is he Bane now? Yeah. Like, what they the don't, hell happened to this guy? They don't really say, but even if he didn't, just the fact that all those people who were coming in and were getting that dose... How many of them did, did that happen to? Like that? Yeah. What are the percentages on this? Like, I wonder why we're pulling out of the the UN's Human Rights Council. What's that about? Like, that's a that's a good question. Yeah, I like that question. And so, almost not like you said, almost none of this is in dispute. There's no one saying. I haven't heard anything that's been disputed yet. Yeah, they they definitely gave every Gitmo detainee this dose. They admitted it. They tr- they lied about why they did it, and then wouldn't tell us why they did it once the lie was uncovered. So what you've implied so far is that this was done as an interrogation tactic. Yeah, I think an interrogation tactic. So my only, I I, only, I just like to bring up counterpoints just because I think it's fun. Sure. My only counterpoint to that is, does this drug make people? When people get in this agitated state, do they give you secrets that you want to know? Does well, this, this drug help with that? Remember, they were given the other drug, the too. truth one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which, so it's in conjunction. Yeah, I so think it's like a little pain to get them talking, and then a little truth to get them telling the true things. Yeah, I yeah, think okay. it, that adds up. I think sure. it was just a, kind of a cocktail of drugs meant to get people sure. to talk, and probably easier than beating them with chains or whatever they were going to do. Yeah, you know, exactly. Probably a lot Stacking easier. them, yeah. having Lindy England point at them and shit. <laughs> The uh, And I, I imagine the other kind of devil's advocate argument for this would be, well, did we get anything? Like, did they tell us anything? Right, did they give anything up? And my comeback to that would be, how do you know we've tried this before? Like, this might have just been us going, what if we give them a bunch of that malaria drug and put a fucking patch behind their ear and see what they tell us? Like, we, this might have been where we tried this for the first time. Right, and it does seem like... Again, in the Bush era, like there was a sort of like moratorium on crazy ideas that was gone. Right. Just like, right. go ahead. Like, let's just try because shit. We never try shit. That's where waterboarding, like, right. how much did we hear about waterboarding boarding before the Bush administration? We never heard yeah. about waterboarding. I had no idea what it was. Correct. And I still kind of want to have it done to me just to see what it feels like. I hear it's, well, it's drowning. It's the yeah, fear they, of drowning. they put a wet rag over your face and just keep drizzling water. And you can't like like whenever you breathe in, you take in more water, and I think it's a thing that can kill you. I've heard that it's pretty rare for it to be fatal. Oh, okay. I've heard. You don't mostly- try it? No. Nah. We no. got water in these fans. It's a little <laughs> musty, but <laughs> stick your tongue out. Just put that fan right on, <laughs> right on there. So uh, there isn't really enough evidence to say exactly why they were given these drugs, and that has a lot to do with the government refusing to release detainees medical records but i think that's gonna be fucked whatever that what do those records say yeah come on you don't want to get that i mean you do want it because of truth oh yeah we want to see them but you don't want it because like it's gonna be a terrorist it's it's gonna be like trump's tax returns yeah that's like those things are gonna howl from the undead darkness man (laughs) 
going to open those pages and it's just going to be a wolf howling in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just ghoul screams. <laughs> like, I knows? can't wait. <laughs> Everyone at the IRS just immediately incinerates in right. place. Exactly. It's going to be like opening the fucking Necronomicon, man. <laughs> just, <laughs> fucking stock market crashes. <laughs> and so like the only real, if no one had malaria... And there wasn't a malaria threat in Cuba. Yeah. No matter why they did it, the only real thing you can draw from this is they wanted those side effects. They wanted what malaria, what this drug causes to happen to these people who were coming in. That to seems Gitmo. pretty tough to argue against. Yeah, and because like there's so many more hu- like the humane reasons to stop doing it, and the cost of of generating and giving people mefloquine alone. Yeah. Should be like, don't do this. Right. You know, don't do it. Here's my dream version of this conspiracy. Sure. We open Guantanamo Bay, and it's basically like Toys R Us for torture. We're just like throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. And we do this mefloquine thing, and now everyone in Guantanamo Bay is fucking crazy. Of course. And Obama comes in office, and people are like, Cool, he's finally going to close Guantanamo Bay. And what if someone got in Obama's ear and was like, we can never let those people go? It is really strange that he didn't close it. Yeah. It's really weird. And it's strange that- It would have been such a win for him. There are people in Guantanamo who are not going to have their cases heard until like 2025. And they've been there since like the 9-11 days, (sighs) early 2000s. Can you even imagine that? So I, I just wonder- if there's something about the people in Guantanamo that we cannot let them out and be exposed to the public. Right, if they're all the Joker now. Yeah, like, yeah, they're it, all just fucking insane. Right. Or, or yeah, I mean, they have something to say or, like, just take one look at them and you'd know that we were the villains from Seven. Yeah. Like, just everything sucks. Uh, yeah. Do you know. think, like, Hillary Clinton and Tom Hanks will be given mefloquine when they're all taken to Guantanamo? Just... QAnon conspiracy. Have you looked into that? Is he is he against Tom Hanks? Is Trump against? Well, the is it Q, Trump that's doing this. The QAnon conspiracy. Ooh. At least one aspect of it is Ooh. that there's just this global cabal of like child sex traffickers oh, right. and pedophiles, right. and that it includes like Tom Hanks, mm. Hillary Clinton, mm. and that at some point they are all going to be rounded up under the Trump administration and sent to Guantanamo. Oh, Trump's going to fix the problem. Of course. That's great. Of course. That just feels like a person who like Googled what the dark web was. You know what I mean? It was like, oh yeah, that's where, and then just like wrote their own fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what that shit is. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty fucking crazy. I do think they're going to mefloquine Tom Hanks though. I, I hope he makes a movie when they do. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't need it, but he, you know, who knows what he would do with that yeah. in a system. Yeah. Who knows how he would use psychosis. I met Colin Hanks once. Tall drink of water, that yeah. one. Yeah, I've He heard is that. fucking tall. What's he, like 6'4"? Yeah, he was in line behind me at a concert, a yeah. Jason Isbell concert, and I just turned around and was like, fuck, you're tall, and you're also Colin Hanks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, he seemed But that like, was the second thing about yeah. him. You're was, tall. Yeah. Oh, also, wow. <laughs> I loved you Hanks. in Orange County. How tall is Tom Hanks? I don't know. 6'2"? Probably. He's pretty tall. Yeah. yeah. I remember that time he found some college student's ID and like posted Ooh. it on Twitter and said Great. he'd get it back to her. And I was like, Tom Hanks is trying to fuck. <laughs> but so isn't he like doing. super in love with his wife? Like, isn't Tom Hanks like maybe kind of maybe the only Maybe because she lets one? him fuck college kids. You never know. That's true. They could have an arrangement. Right. 
But Tom Hanks does honestly seem like the one Hollywood actor that's like kind of just a good guy. You know what I mean? Right, and he that's all does. the more reason to assume he'll be in Guantanamo Bay. Certainly. <laughs> of course, that's why he fits this narrative perfectly. 100% perfectly. It feels absolutely cosmic to me that Tom Hanks managed to come up on this episode that we recorded almost two years ago. Because, oh man, is there a lot to talk about when it comes to that guy and coronavirus. When he was one of the first celebrities to test positive and go into quarantine, my immediate thought was, why did it have to be Tom Hanks? Not because I especially care about Tom Hanks as an actor, but because I knew it meant the QAnon crowd was going to swing into action online. And of course they did. Tom Hanks is like top of the pyramid when it comes to celebrities who it's assumed by them are going to be rounded up and subjected to a military tribunal by the Trump administration because of their involvement in a global sex trafficking ring. So when I heard Tom Hanks name, I thought, here we go. And sure enough, there we went. And I'm going to be honest for a second. I was like, holy shit, is this really about to happen? But no, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson are both back home and recording reggae tracks with Chet Hayes or whatever they do to pass time. The most recent suggestion to come from the Q crowd is that John Podesta and Huma Abedin will be arrested April 10th or April 11th. That is a few days from now. So I guess we'll see how it goes. Maybe they will be and there will be an entirely different tone to this podcast next week. But I feel like they won't be. This has basically reached doomsday cult status at this point, but one that moves way faster. Like, as opposed to suggesting that the world is going to end every few years and making excuses when they turn out to be wrong, QAnon suggests it like every few months. And then when it doesn't happen, the people who follow it come up with their own explanations for why it didn't happen. Case in point, Twitter user at Storm is upon us suggested a few days ago that in his version of how this all plays out, the arrests happen later in the year after Trump proves to have handled the COVID-19 crisis capably and effectively, which seems even less likely than Tom Hanks drawing his celebrity energy from the glands of traumatized children to me. Anyway, let's bring it on home. So that's the Mefloquin episode. I uh, liked this theory. It doesn't seem shocking to me. This seems like, sure, why not? Yeah, given our history, the, gov- the government's history of testing shit on people, this isn't at all out of line with what we do. We've been so reluctant to take any moral responsibility for Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Like it's, like, it's like a screaming child in the middle of a theater, and we never fucking look at it. Right. Ever. It's like we're all just too polite to look at it. Like- There aren't even that many people there still. Right. But we all know about it. It costs something like, I think, a million dollars per year per person in Guantanamo Bay just to keep Guantanamo Bay open. Sure. And it's 
it's like, what are we doing? Like, why what can't is, we... What are we containing in there? Yeah. yeah. What do we got in there? Like, what if it's just a fucking band of super terrorists now That's who are so like. jacked up and aggressive on Mefloquin? We're probably just giving them more to see if we can finally flip them to our side. <laughs> Then we'll send them back to or Afghanistan. It's, or it's just a hundred Banes in there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, but not Bane from the fucking movies. Bane from the comic books. Of with, like, course. Like the shit coming out of his head. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing. Oh, I like that theory a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I like <laughs> that. That's going to be right up your alley. I knew you'd like that. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see any good reason for them not to be using this to just inflict some pain on people. Yeah. It you seems know. like that's what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that's what they did. You, you, honestly, I would have believed this theory immediately if you told me it's, it started during the Bush years. Yeah, yeah. And they believed there was malaria in Cuba without checking for it. Oh, yeah, for and sure. And they believed there was... <laughs> And they believe there's malaria in Iraq and yeah. didn't check for it. We certainly did crazier things right. based on an assumption <laughs> sure. under the Bush administration. Sure. That would have been so mundane a fact. It wouldn't yeah. have made it into a show like Homeland or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It hasn't it's been. Like, uh, hasn't on. made it into Homeland. Look, this is movies, man. It's got to be a little heightened <laughs> reality, you know? Yeah. So that's the episode. Loved it. Yeah, this was a good one. What do we have to plug? Patreon.com slash Unpops. You can sign up for that. Uh, so check that out and check out uh, all the other Unpops podcasts, patreon.com slash Unpops, bitches. Yeah. What do you got to plug? Well, you can come find me uh, co-hosting the One Upsmanship podcast on the Small Beans Network with Michael Swaim and Abe Epperson. Uh, also, you can find me on Twitter at the Real Gans with a Z. Uh, otherwise, you know, take a, keep, keep your eyes peeled. One of these days, a project will drop that uh, I'll be able to mention on this podcast. Hell yeah. Hmm. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Adam, say goodbye. Adios. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.